And um, we're talking about the, the Christmas season. Uh, we started it. If you haven't decorated your house yet, God bless you. Our house is fully decorated. <laughs> but did you know that from the outset that Christmas was really a journey? Now, the word Christmas means those coming together for Christ and the Christ mass of people coming. And, and it was interesting. I was uh, talking to Melissa about this, and um, I was surprised how many countries around the world don't celebrate Christmas at all. And one of the reasons that we're going to see that number grow of countries that don't celebrate Christmas is in direct response to the modern-day church not evangelizing because there's a growing and ever-present Muslim population which will not and does not celebrate Christmas. Now, there's many countries that still do, but even through research, it says that this has become a secular holiday. This is just about a time for gifts and about a time of goodwill, and we've forgotten the message of what it's really about. It's about God becoming man and coming in the form of Jesus Christ, who became our Savior and our Lord. And that, just in itself, we talk a lot about the cross, but with not of Him stepping out of heaven and becoming human and dwelling with us, it wouldn't have ever happened. And so we experience this miracle. And, and yes, we exchange gifts. And yes, we decorate trees. And, and don't get caught up in all of that. But let's remember that it's about Jesus Christ, the Father's Son that came to live among us. And it's a journey that Mary and Joseph had to take. It was something that was uh, impossible, improbable, incomprehensible of what was about to happen. And, and I find, I don't know about you, but I find in my own journey of faith that we find some rugged terrain, not in the life that we live, but in the rugged terrain of our heart of asking, even as Melissa said this morning, what do we really believe? This is coming under fire even now in our modern-day world where there are more and more growing, quote, Christians that don't believe in the virgin birth, that don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, that don't believe many of the foundational truths. And so I would ask you from the beginning, what do you believe this morning? And I'm not talking about jingle bells. I remember that great scene from the Polar Express. Have you ever seen it? And this the young boy is struggling with his faith in Santa Claus and Christmas, and he can't hear the jingle bell anymore. But the bell wasn't defective. His heart was. And so I wonder this morning how, if we were to hold up a spiritual jingle bell, would it ring for you this morning? Do you still believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the only born son of God, that took on flesh and became man, paid for our sins, and lived a sinless life, born of a virgin. Do we believe all of those things? It's a great question. Now, I went to the dictionary to, to ask this, that question, what does it mean to believe? And here's what it says, to consider to be true or honest. To consider to be true or honest. It also means to accept the word or evidence of. When you read the Word, you accept it as true. No matter how crazy it may sound, no matter how incomprehensible it may be, will you believe that it's true? It also means to hold as an opinion. I believe in. And we use that all the time. I, I believe in Ford trucks. or I believe in this. Oh, no, I don't believe in that. 
We say that all the time, but what does it really mean? To accept something as true, genuine, or real. Now look at this. This is right from Merriam-Webster's dictionary. To have a firm or wholehearted religious conviction or persuasion. Now that wholehearted is, is the big part. That means that there's not room for doubt. It's a wholehearted belief or conviction. Okay? And lastly, it's to regard the existence of God as a fact. It doesn't have to be proven. You regard it as a fact. What do you believe this morning? Do these things have to be proven to you? Or can you receive them by faith? Did you know that Jesus even said that, that unless you receive it like a little child? You know, children don't need proof of Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Great Pumpkin or any of these things that we celebrate. They accept it because somebody told them. They believe it. What do you believe this morning? I want to read you a story this morning that you've probably heard time and time again, but I want you to think through this with a different filter this morning of if it were you. Because this is our journey. Every one of us is on a journey of faith. Every one of us is taking stepping stones into our faith and asking to believe it. And God is, keeps calling us higher. Will you believe this? Will you believe this? Will you believe this? And I'm thankful for His grace that allows us at times to say, mm, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm straining, uh, maybe I need a pit stop, maybe whatever it is that you're doing. But the reality is, He has called us to the upward higher call, which means keep following whether you've got proof or not, whether it feels good or not, whether you can explain it or not, whether it makes sense or not. That has nothing to do with it. The question is, what do you believe? Because there's a lot of things I can't explain that I believe. There's a lot of things that remain a mystery to me, and yet I can believe it. I don't know how Jesus came in the form of man. I don't understand it, but I believe it. I don't know how the Holy Spirit can overshadow a virgin, and she becomes pregnant with God, but I believe it. I believe, when I read this text that even though it's one of the most hated institutions on the planet, the IRS helped usher in Jesus. Because <laughs> Mary and Joseph were coming on their way to pay taxes. Would you turn to Luke chapter 1 with me this morning, and let's begin this journey that we're going to take over the next several weeks. And we're going to start with believe this morning. Because without it, your journey hasn't really begun. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 31, it says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So right there we're going to stop. There's angels. Do you believe that? Okay, now the Word says it. Now again, do you believe that if the Word says it, that it is true? Have you ever seen one? Nope. Have you ever heard one? Nope. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but the reality is it's true whether you believe it or not, but you should believe it because it's right here in the Word of God. Not only that, but God sent an angel to a specific place 
to a specific person. Verse 27, he sent Gabriel to a virgin who was betrothed to a man, that means they're engaged to be married, whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So look at how, how very specific this is. We have a specific name of an angel to a specific city, to a specific man, to a specific woman. Why all the specificity? Because it's true. Lies are usually vague. Look what happens. And having come into this house... The angel says to her, I don't know where Joseph is. It doesn't say. It doesn't matter. This is the exchange that goes on. The angel comes in, shows up to Mary, and he says what? This, this verse you've probably heard hundreds of times if you've ever read the Christmas story. Rejoice, highly favored one. Now, if you haven't read the back story, you've got to know this. It wasn't all fun and giggles for this couple. They're on their journey. She's betrothed to be married. She's marrying this man named Joseph that is of the lineage of King David, and they're following the prophecy, but they don't know they're part of the prophecy. And I hope that that gives you a little bit of... Did you know that you may be somebody that's helping fulfill prophecy? Well, what prophecy could I fulfill? How about spreading the gospel to everywhere on the planet? Did you know that's a prophecy? That you can be part of? How about speeding the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? You can be part of that prophecy as well. Well, I don't believe it. You better believe it because you can be part of it. So he comes and he says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, I bet you she didn't feel very blessed. Because look at verse 29. Now, my Bible doesn't say when she heard him, she's like, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. I'm on top of the world. I've had my coffee this morning, and things are looking up. That's not what she said, was it? She heard what he said, and look at what happened. She was troubled at what he was saying. And she considered what manner of greeting this was. That's a nice way of saying, uh, like different strokes, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Who are you? Why are you greeting me this way? I'm nobody from nowhere. And an angel appears, and, and I'm supposed to rejoice. I'm highly favored. I don't feel highly favored. Where's this highly favored part? But can I tell you that sometimes what God sees as highly favored is the opposite of what we see as highly favored? She was troubled, and she considered what type of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Hey, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, if you are a child of God this morning, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, did you know that you have found favor with God this morning? Now, you may not feel it, and maybe you're feeling more like Mary, like, sure, God, thanks for all the favor. But you have found favor with God. You have received His grace, His mercy, and His redemption, and you didn't do anything to, receive, to get it except for just be a sinner. That's a pretty good deal. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. Here comes the kicker. You're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth a son... 
and you're going to call his name Jesus. So now he's really prophesying. Now he's telling future event, you're going to conceive. I think it's amazing. You're going to conceive in your womb, and you're going to bring forth a son, and you're going to call his name Jesus. How would you like it if somebody showed up and told you what you were going to name your child? First of all, showed up out of the blue and told you you're going to be pregnant soon. Hey, you're about to have a baby, and you're going to name him this. Would that be a little presumptuous? You think about how many people today spend a lot of time picking out a name for their child. Well, Gabriel didn't give her much of a choice, did he? He just said, hey, you can have a baby, you're going to conceive it in your womb, and guess what? His name's going to be Jesus. What if she didn't like the name Jesus? Didn't matter. Verse 32. Listen to this. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now this sounds good so far. Wow, I want my son to be great. This is an awesome thing. He's going to be the son of the highest. I may not know what all that means. And God's going to give him a throne. This is going to be incredible. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. This sounds like a great deal. This is awesome. But Mary said, how can this be? I have never known a man. It's a matter of belief. How am I going to have a baby when I haven't had sex? I haven't slept with Joseph. You're telling me all these great things, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, we're still just engaged yet. We haven't even been married. How can this be? Angel says to her, The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And because of this, therefore, that Holy One, God, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now, how many of you would stop right there and say, what? <laughs> that sounds a little impossible. That sounds a little incomprehensible. That sounds like why me? This is, this is so improbable. Why pick me out of everybody? There, there's got to be somebody different. There's got to be somebody better. There's got to be somebody that, that would own up to this. Now, maybe you haven't thought about this. Maybe you have. But if the power of the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her, how is she going to explain this to Joseph? Makes it a little difficult. Makes it a little strange. Because when he, she ends up pregnant, she's going to say, um, it's not yours. <laughs> You've been unfaithful to me? No, no, I haven't. I don't understand. <laughs> well, an angel appeared. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You see the position that she's put in? But... You've got a choice to either believe that God works this way or you've got to choose to say, okay, this is just somebody's tale of how God starts this. This is a, a rendering of what happened, the words that were used, the place that they, they were at. And again, just because we don't understand it or can't accept it doesn't mean that we shouldn't believe it. 
Because God does things in amazing ways. He's like, you think that's going to blow your mind? Catch this. Indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, was all, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. You think that's crazy what I just told you? Your, your aunt <laughs> that's been barren all these years, your old relative that's been waiting and waiting and waiting, guess what? She's already six months pregnant, and she's going to have a son. Blow your mind. Verse 37, with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, do you believe that? That's the hard one to believe right there. With God, nothing will be impossible because we can't think like God thinks. We can't understand like God does. We can't even comprehend those small thoughts of God, and yet we begin to limit God just because of our belief. It's not because... He can't do it because we don't believe. And I want to share with you real quick. I'm not going to go there, but there's incredible power in unbelief. There's a, a part of the Scripture where Jesus is going out and He's healing everybody everywhere. And He goes to this one town and it says, and He could heal none of them because of their unbelief. Is that you this morning? The reason things are going the way they're going isn't because God hates you and it isn't because of bad circumstances. Maybe you're feeling the effects of unbelief. How big are your prayers? How much do you believe? How much will you depend on the power of the Holy Spirit in you, not just outside of you? Because you've got to ask yourself when God tells you something, will I believe it? And if you believe it, then you've got to obey it. Because once you believe it, you've got to be able to fulfill it or it'll be lost because that's where unbelief comes in. And so look at what she says. Here she, he is and he says, you just got to understand that with God, nothing's impossible. I do the impossible. I do the impossible in a regular deal. Verse 38. Mary says, well, now that you said all that, I can't help but believe. Of course I believe. This is going to be easy. That's not what she said. But notice where faith and belief kicked in. She said, I'm your maidservant. If you say it, I'll do it. Let it be to me according to your word. Look at that. I will do what you've said. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to let it happen. I'm going to fulfill this for me. And the angel left. Boom. No proof, no guarantee, no nothing. He just said, and she said, I'll accept you at your word. I will be your maidservant. You tell me, and it will be done. That's belief right there, church. Do you know what God has said about you in his word? Do you know what he's promised you? And you know what he's waiting for? Not for somewhere, somehow, something that this works out. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for you and for me to say, let it be to me as you have said. I'm going to start believing what you said. I'm going to start believing by living it. I'm going to start believing it by obeying it. I'm going to start believing it. I'm going to start living it out. I'm going to plan to live like you said. I'm going to try to be the person you said that I'm called to be. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Second Corinthians tells us that we can be a new creation. Now, the great thing is if you believe it, you can start living that way. And if you don't believe it, you just keep waiting for it to happen. 
How about you start living a new life and you start thinking a new way, you start praying a new way, you start acting a new way, and guess what? The new life will happen when you say, I'm going to live it out. Or you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. God says, just believe. You just believe it. Now that's just part of that story so far. But think about what he's told her. Because of her actions, Jesus was now in the mix. Jesus is now on his way. Not just so that she could have a son, but that all of us that are not Jews would have a hope at heaven. That every one of us that weren't born into one of the 12 Hebrew tribes would have the opportunity to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it came in such a strange way. It came as a baby born to a virgin. But not just any virgin, and not just any baby, and not just any man. You see how specific God was? He had promised David eons ago, there will always be an heir of yours on the throne. But everybody had forgotten that. King David was a long-forgotten memory. He was just a guy that did great things, and nobody would know that. But all of a sudden, you know what? Somebody remembered. Somebody called God. And here was his opportunity, eons later, to redeem his people. Let's talk a little bit about some other places of belief in the Bible. Luke 4 and 4. Luke one forty five. Look at this. Blessed is she who what? She was blessed just because she believed. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. That goes to you and to me this morning. Blessed are you if you believe, because God will keep His word. What has he told us? Let's start from the beginning. He knew you before he formed you in the womb. Do you believe that? Here you sit today. <laughs> How about you were fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you believe that? Oh, no, I think he made a mistake because I wish I was. He made you exactly the way that you are. You may not like how you are, but believe that he doesn't make mistakes. And he also doesn't look at the outside. The reason we look so different on the outside is because he also loves diversity. <laughs> Who cares what color your hair is if you don't have hair? Or you got hair that's growing in places you don't want it to grow. This is the life that we all live. You get old enough, long enough, and pretty soon what used to be up goes down. You'll be sagging and bagging and dragging, whether you want to or not. But that doesn't matter to God. We spend so much time worrying about all of this when he's worried about the heart. When he's worried about, is your spirit willing? Are you alive spiritually? Are you full of joy? Are you full of peace? Are you full of hope? Are you actually following me and excited about this journey? Or are you just going through the motions? And you know why our world is so worried about the outside? is because they're going through the motions. And when you're not full of joy and hope and peace and love and all those great things, then you begin to focus on the outside instead of what's on the inside. How about that he's storing up heavenly riches for us? 
Help us that he's provided everything for us that is required for a life of godliness. Did you know that he said that? Now, do you believe it? And if we believe it, we should live it out. That's the proof of our belief, right? If I say that I love my wife, but I never see her and I never go to her and never talk to her, she's going to begin to doubt my love. But if somebody said, well, sure, I I love her. Well, what have you done for her? Nothing. But I love her. Do you tell her that you love her? Nope. Do you get her things? Nope. Do you provide for her? Nope. But you love her? Oh, definitely. You'd either say, that's a funny kind of love, or you'd say, I'm not so sure you understand what love means. And I think there's times where that's not the belief. There's the easy part of just saying, oh yeah, I believe. But if you believe, you'll live differently. Do you understand what he was telling her? I'm putting something in your path that you can't avoid. The Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow you. You're going to have a baby from God. And you know what her response was? I don't understand this. But let it be as you said. I'm going to live it out. I'm not going to mess with this. I'm not going to try to run from this. I'm not going to try to understand it. You just do it and I'll just live it. Church, if we would just believe it, if we believe that He is God, if we believe He's coming back soon, we've got to start living like we believe it. The goal of our life is not to go through life and then just attend church when it's well. Our job is to live out the gospel, to have such incredible lives, full of faith and joy. And it starts with belief. What do you believe? What do you know to be true? What will you accept as genuine and real? Is your faith genuine and real? Is your God genuine and real? How about this next one? Mark 1 and 15. Jesus is saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And at hand. Therefore, repent and believe what? Believe in the gospel. He's telling that to us as well. Do you believe that the kingdom of God is still at hand? This isn't as good as it gets, right? This is not heaven. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for that? Since the kingdom of God is still at hand, there's many, many people that need to hear the good news and we need to repent of our slothful ways. We need to repent of our unbelieving ways and believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ came to save all men. That's how easy it is right there. No debate, no argument, no 12 laws, no Roman road. You just need to believe that Jesus Christ came to save everybody. But it has to start with you. (laughs) Has He saved you? Are you living like you're saved? Great question. Mark 5.36. Here's a big one. Don't be afraid. Just believe. When it comes to evangelism, don't be afraid. Just believe. When it comes to stepping up your faith, don't be afraid. Just believe. When it comes to making a big commitment to God, don't be afraid. Just believe. It's always going to be scary because it requires faith. If you had all the facts, it wouldn't require any faith and you probably wouldn't be scared. But what requires you to believe something is you don't know. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to do something uh, in, in public that I hate to do, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I found something worthwhile from a quote on a Hallmark movie. Which tells you two things. I was actually watching and listening. With me, those two things are optional. <laughs> but what a great quote said about hope. Hope is standing in the darkness and looking into the light and still having hope. I'll say that again. Real hope is standing in the darkness and looking into the light and still having hope. Mary's still in the dark, and for many of us, we're still in the dark about God's big plan and all that He wants to do, but it doesn't mean we can't believe it. It doesn't mean that it's gone by the wayside. And some of you are still waiting. Some of you are waiting for that healing. Some of you are waiting for that baby, for that wedding, for that miracle, for that word, for that whatever it is. And you're still in the dark. Keep hoping and believing. In the prophetic words of the great band, Journey, don't stop believing. <laughs> Until you're dead. And even then, God can still do things that we can't comprehend. Death is not the end for Him. But we've got to find a place where we believe again. It's one of the growing epidemics of our nation is a lack of faith. Not just in God, but almost in everything. We doubt and we criticize and we get cynical and we get sarcastic and... But what if we just started believing again? Believe that God is who He said He is. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God that came to save us and give us an abundant life. Believe that we've got a mission to fulfill. Believe that we have a purpose. Believe that maybe we didn't like the journey that we were on until now, but now you can still change that path. And it gives you a new path. Path of faith. Look at this last one. Mark nine twenty three. Speaking to a person that had lost all of his hope, he was just throwing himself on Jesus' mercy. And, and you've got to think about this. Jesus was the most popular guy in the world with the Jews. And this guy steps up in public and, and asks for his help. That was a big deal. He, he may not be able to go to temple anymore. He may have been run out of town. And yet Jesus says to him, If you can believe... And so let me cut right to the chase here to why I believe, at least my opinion, of why we struggle with belief. Pride. We think somehow it has to do with us. Of how our life is, how our prayers are, how our this or our that is. And if you'd go read this story, this man couldn't do anything to change the results we believe, we believe the results to Jesus. See, the problem where we fall on our faith is we think, I can't do it, or I failed too many times, or this is too hard. 
It's not up to us to fulfill it. It's up to Him to fulfill it. And He will fulfill His Word. He is a promise keeper. But do you believe that? He says you're going to be healed, but you start finding all the ways to get healed. You've got to let Him do the healing. You've got to let Him fix the marriage. You've got to let Him. Your job is just to believe Think about Mary. Let's go with this backwards. Okay, uh, how do I get the Holy Spirit to fall in love with me so that we can start a relationship so that then we can have sex? And how do you have sex with the Holy Spirit anyway? You don't. Well, how's this going to work? It doesn't work. You don't work anything. You just believe. (laughs) And when the Holy Spirit overshadows you, it does the work. And when Jesus' word overshadows you, it does the work. This man here, he didn't have to do anything except believe. You believe and all take care of the rest. You can't fix it. You can't bring your child back. You can't do this. You can't do that. That's why he says, with men, things are impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. There are some things we can't fix. But that's where he kicks in. And we say, if you can believe, then all things are possible to him who believes because now they believe in Jesus, not themselves. Your job is not to believe in yourself. Lay down your pride. Lay down that arrogance and realize there are some things you can't do, you can't fix, you can't get it to work out, but God can. You just have to believe that. What's been your biggest struggle? What big obstacle has been there where really it's going to take belief, not harder work, Not even more prayer. Prayer is a great thing. But the volume of prayer doesn't move the hand of God. (laughs) He's either going to do what he said he will do, or he's not. And unfortunately, our Western culture has been inundated with, again, that arrogance of thinking, here's a book, the, the five tips to move God's hand. Well, if I can make God do something he wasn't going to do, then I guess that makes me God. How fasting and prayer makes God... We can't make God do anything. Those preparations are for us to be prepared when He begins to do His work. It's not for us because there's no way I can twist God's arm and make Him give me something. He's God. We read the Word. We see ourselves in the story. We see ourselves in the journey. And maybe your journey's changed. You've been that person that you've been on a path like this and all of a sudden you started hitting <laughs> a bunch of potholes. I'm not even sure how to live out my faith anymore. I'm not even sure I want to go to church. I'm not even sure I believe all this stuff anymore. You don't need more church. You need to go back to believing. Go back to that first love. That first type of, God, I just believe. I mean, if He can take away all your sin, 
these little things are probably small for him to deal with. If he can keep the planet spinning and the atmosphere around the earth, I think he can handle us in our bad moments. What about you? Now the question is, do you believe it? Because when you believe it, then you can feel the weight drip off of, thank God I don't have to do this. And our faith builds up. God, this is in your hands. And I'm going to close with a little story and then I'm going to have a stand. But I've heard this often quoted verse. If you have the faith like the seed of a mustard plant, you can say to this mountain, be removed. And say to that mulberry bush, and it'll be picked up. But it didn't say how long. Sometimes it's just believing and believing and believing because it even goes on to say that that little mustard seed grows into a full-grown tree. But that takes some time, doesn't it? And sometimes He doesn't move the obstacles because He's building our belief, not because He's trying to keep us from something, but He's building our belief. He's building our faith. And sometimes those big mountains don't just go away like that. It takes again and again and again and again. Because when we want to stop and say, I guess God's not going to do it, He's like, I'm still going to do it. You just got impatient. You just got tired. You tried to handle it yourself or you just gave up. I want to call you back to belief this morning. Don't give up on your journey. Maybe you've faced a setback. Maybe you've been hitting the potholes. Maybe, I don't know what's happening. Maybe you're at the highest point you've ever been. Awesome. Share that with other people to inspire them. But wherever you are on your journey, know that God's leading you to some place and to someone himself. Himself.